Welcome everybody to the Kim Barrett Show. I am your host, Kim Barrett, and on today's episode, we have the lovely Miss Laura. Now, she has a specialty in helping you get happy. And what are the habits that you need to instill to get there? And in this episode, if you're someone who's ever thought, maybe I could be happier, maybe there is more for me out there, maybe you're a little bit confused about what you want out of life, you have to listen to this episode. We dive into all of that and more, and we go off a couple of, uh, say, eccentric tangents as well, where we dive into a few different things like, hey, when did people start being not happy, if that's how they're born? Who knows? You have to listen to the episode to find out. And of course, if we can ever help you with your business, maybe make your business a bit happier, head over to www.marketingmogul.com.au and we'll see if we can help you out. But before that, let's jump into the show. Thank you so much for joining us today. Really appreciate you making the time. Heck yeah. I'm really excited to chat with you. Thank you for the invitation. My pleasure. Great to have you here. Now, I always like to start the podcast with the same question, which is, Laura, if I met you at a party and we were chatting and I said, Laura, what is it that you actually do? What is your go-to answer? (laughs) Well, first of all, if you met me at a party, you would be the person that is drawn to the cat that's at the party because that's usually where I am. (laughs) Yeah, no, I'm not the one by the punch bowl. What I do is I help people to find liberty, personal liberty. The journey of happiness is more complicated than it needs to be. And I'm on a mission to set people free. I love that. So when you say liberty, like what does that mean to you? And is that, is it different for everyone or is like, do you have a definition that you believe kind of encapsulates the whole thing? Well, the definition is different for everyone, but you know, at the end of the day, the, the main point is that we are usually held back from the things that we want by ourselves, by the, own, the rules that we put in our own way, the things that we decided to believe because our parents put them there or you know, society put them there or because we're trying to be good little doobies and make our teachers happy when we're kids. Like We get conditioned to behave a certain way and it effectively imprisons us into this constant cycle of the pursuit of happiness through pursue, achieve, get an emotional high, and then you crash, which is not happiness. And that's the cycle I'm looking to help people break. Mm. So apart from, obviously, as you mentioned there, there is the conditioning that you get ever since you're a little kid, you know, throughout really everyone's entire lives. Like how else, this might sound weird, but how else do you see people not achieving their happiness? Like what other things are they doing that are causing them to not feel that happiness? I mean, it's a lot of stuff that we do to ourselves without even realizing it. Like, so my book is called The Six Habits. And well, a lot of the stuff we do that leads us away from happiness is the opposite of the six habits. Like, you know, the six habits are kindness, acceptance, gratitude, presence, goodness, and intention. The opposite of those things. You're unkind and you're a big fat jerk to yourself, or you refuse to accept who you are and you constantly have imposter syndrome and you're cool with it, or you're just taking life for granted, or you're distracted as all hell. You're allowing loads of toxic energy and you're just a big ball of, you know, distracted energy. You don't know what you want or how to get it. Who could be happy under such conditions? 
You know, like you're just basically sitting in your own pile of filth and you're like, oh, I'm so happy, said nobody ever. <laughs> That's not how it works. So I've got to assume, and this is an assumption, I could be wrong, but what was it for you that tipped you off? Because if we've all been conditioned, where did you just come out, you were born as a being of and beam of light and happiness, or did you have the same problems that we all have? And then what was the breaking point for you that kind of tipped you over to finding this personal liberty, to finding you know, and I'm really unlocking these six habits. Wouldn't it be hysterical if I was actually born as just a beam of light? You would have heard about me 40 years ago. <laughs> Attention, universe. The second coming is here. Her name is Laura. Every No, yeah. <laughs> no, that is so not what happened. No, I am a mere mortal that grew up on food stamps because my poor dad is disabled. It was, is all of it. I have ADHD. I was bullied as a kid. I am a domestic abuse survivor. I had bankruptcy in my twenties. Like, you know, I've been through it, you know, I've been through all the things and you know, a lot of those things, they, they make you tough, you know, it's like, Oh, I can, I can do this. And you know, you can't pick on me. I'm tough. I can overcome. Right. And you, you end up building up this, personal constitution of like, screw you, watch me, I can build it, right? And you almost like, you're just like, you want to show them. And I kind of did that. And a lot of years were spent chasing happiness, living in the cycle, because I thought that's what would make me feel good inside. You know, every time I won an award, it felt good for a little bit. Anytime I got something really expensive and cool, it felt good. For a little bit, but then I was left to chase the next high. So the pivotal time for me is when an extraordinary career achievement felt no better than an ordinary Wednesday. And I was like, uh, something's wrong here. I should be really pumped. And I'm like basically numb other than all these negative feelings that I have. And oh yeah, it turns out uh, years of stress can actually make you bleed internally. How about that? So I was falling apart. I didn't care. I was bitter. I was burnt out. It was all the things. And I was just having this moment, like this crossroads moments of like, huh, well, I could keep going down the wrong road because at least I know the road and not find happiness or I could take the road less traveled and actually find it. Hmm. Well, I know what that road looks like and it sucks. So I think I'm going to choose the different one and see what happens. And when I chose that path, I had to really just own the fact that I had no idea what happiness was. I wouldn't know it if it bit me in the butt. So I had to define it, figure out where it comes from, how it's built, where what it looks like, where it comes from inside of us. Like, can you buy it? Like, is it found on a meditation pillow? Like, what is it really? And when I was figuring all this stuff out, that's where I discovered that happiness is the product of six mental habits that we all can have, we're all born with, but we get away from. And when we really adopt these mental habits and get them back in our lives, happiness is not even something we need to try for anymore. It just shows up. It's easy. So, and this might be a little bit like more of an esoterical type question, if that's even a word, esoterical, esoteric question. But at what point do you think then human beings, because obviously go back all the way to the beginning of when humans began, depending on whatever you believe where that was. At what point do you think everything changed where if you said we all have this inside of us and we could all be happy if we have these six habits, like at what point do you think human beings started to go away from that? Because 
to me, it would seem that if we all had that possibility, if we didn't have all this conditioning and stuff that happens to us, then we should just be like that naturally, right? Like, do like, and this might be a really random question, but just popped into my head. Like, where do you no. think that? Ori- where did like that originate? Random, then, and I like yeah. deep, so it's it's good. <laughs> Ask me a good esoterical or esoteric question <laughs> as much as you like. So, I think when you know humanity first started to control other things, we started to control because we wanted things to go our way from a place of ego, and you know we want to control from a place of fear. Like, oh, I don't want these things happening to me, so I will seek to actually control everything around me, control my spouse, control my children, whatever. And a lot of it comes through the way we are raised in the home, but also in society. So to kind of sort of answer your question, this is like kind of taking a left here. People say that the root of all evil is greed or money. Neither of those are true. The root of all evil, and I say that in the biggest air quotes, is actually insecurity. What is insecurity? It is the lack of security. What is security? It's a feeling of safety. So when people don't feel safe in their place in the world, safe in their ability to try something and know they'll be successful, safe in knowing that the world is okay and not out to get them, safe in knowing they can feed for their families, things start to happen upstairs where you get a little nutty and you start wanting to control things. And the desire to control things in response to your fears is where a lot of this lunacy comes from. So we ultimately, we are responsible for ourselves. But I'll give you even a perfect example to just prove how we are actually born with all six of these habits. Have you ever met a three-year-old that really, really wants an ice cream cone? Yep. Yep. Okay. So if you think about the six habits, right? The first habit is kindness. Kindness would say, I know I can get this. I believe in myself. It's not even a question. Of course I can get this ice cream. So the little three-year-old asks for it without question. They're not going to be like, oh, should I ask? Should I not ask? They're like, mommy, I want the ice cream, right? Acceptance. They believe they're worthy of it. Doesn't even occur to them like, oh, I don't know. Will this make me fat? They don't care. Okay, gratitude. They get that sticky ice cream cone in their grubby little mittens. They're like, yeah, this is the best thing ever. The world melts away. They're present with it. They're like, yeah, ice cream. Mommy, you're talking, go away. Ice cream. They're, you know, the goodness is the ice cream itself. And when the, the habit of intention, my friend, you try saying no to that short little person, you're going to see intention. You're going to be like, wow, you're insistent. So like, we're all born with all of these, Okay. And it's such a cute little example. I remember being the three-year-old that wanted the ice cream for the record. But like when you want something and you're like, you're just enthusiastic and you believe in yourself and it doesn't even occur to you to be self-conscious or insecure or any of this other crap, that's the way we should be as adults. But we're conditioned because we want to make our parents happy. Be quiet. Mommy's talking or make our teachers happy. Like don't speak until spoken to or only, you know, do this or make sure that you fall in line. When we live to please others, even when we're doing it supposedly to please ourselves, we are essentially giving away our own joy. And we're trained to do that as little kids and we don't know any better. We don't know what we're giving away. It's not our fault that we lost these habits. It's not at all. But if you're listening to this and you're realizing, oh crap, I lost some of the habits, guess what? It is now your invitation to do something about it. And if you don't, 
that is your responsibility. If you're like, nah, it's cool. I think I'm just going to still take life for granted and be a miserable wiener. Okay. That's your choice. <laughs> I don't recommend it. So if someone's listening to this and they're going, yeah, but Laura, like I've got, you know, I'm 25, I'm 30, I'm 35, I'm 40, I'm 50, whatever age. I have all of this shit that's been built up since I was three years old when I got told not to have the ice cream till now. Can I really alleviate that? Like, yeah. yeah. So for anyone that's, if they go cool, you know, like uh, that's their first thought. What's the very first step? If they listen to this and go, maybe I am, you know, I'm not being as happy as I could be. And I know that and I have that awareness. What's step one? So there's four steps. I'm going to outline them for you. They're not difficult. They might be a difficult journey to execute them, but they're not complicated. The first one is learn about the habits, which is either listen to the podcast or, you know, grab the book, download the book, whatever you got to do to get the information. Step one is get the damn information because you are never going to play a piano without the music or without a lesson. Like you have to have instructions. Okay. So this is for all you men listening. Yes, you need to read the instructions on the box. (laughs) Otherwise, you're not going to play the DVD. So step two is you need to take a good, long, hard look at who you are today. The habits that have brought you to the person you are in this exact moment when you were listening to these words are what have built your life. And if your life is shit or if it's beautiful or half shit, half beautiful, that, it's all good, and you can make it whatever you want starting today. You, but you have to begin with, number one, know the information. Number two, self-inventory, self-awareness. It's like the 12-step program. You have to first admit you have a problem. You can't fix anything unless you, you like actually look at it and be like, oh, that isn't actually working in my favor. No, it's not. So you have to own that. Step three is deciding what you want instead. It's like so powerful when we're like, huh, I'm actually really mean to myself. I've been denying myself ice cream and all this stuff for years. And all it's ever done is make me hate food and just get fat anyway. That's not working. No, it's not. What would you like instead? I'd like to have a good relationship with food and not hate myself when I have ice cream. Okay, that's a good thing to want. I've done that, by the way. It's a great thing. I have ice cream and I don't get fat because I don't have a weird relationship with food anymore. The final step is to actually master the habits. And how do you do that? You have to practice the ideal expression of each of the habits now. When it feels weird, when it feels icky, you have to be kind to yourself consciously. Not unconsciously, because a habit is unconscious. And if you do something consciously enough, you will eventually do it by habit, right? Like some point in life, think about scrolling through social media. At one point, that was new. At one point, flossing was new. At one point, like coffee was new. You had to consciously choose these things. And over time, the repetition of doing it consciously is what built the unconscious habit of the the action that you no longer think about, right? But these are mental habits. These are things you don't see, so they're easier to lose track of, which is why I built that whole 90-day habit mastery program because, yeah, It's tough to keep track of. It's possible, you know, but you have to be conscious of it. And like, for example, the kindness. If you genuinely have been denying yourself ice cream, be like, you're fat, you can't have ice cream, and you're mean to yourself constantly, yeah, you're going to have to be really uncomfortable for a bit where you intentionally tell yourself things like, I deserve ice cream and I like it. 
and it makes me happy and that's all there is to it. And I'm still a great person, even if I gain 10 pounds, because who cares? Like, this is my wonderful life to live and I shouldn't have it ice cream free because that's not very fun. You know, I mean, it's not about ice cream. It's about like our dreams or like, do you want to get married? Do you want to start a business? Do you want to move to an island like I did? Do you want to get divorced? Do you want to have nine kids? Like, what do you want? It doesn't even matter. Like ice cream is a great example because I've only met like two people in my life that don't like ice cream. So they're probably lactose <laughs> like intolerant. It's, so it's, like it's, it's their own fault, huh? right? They're probably lactose intolerant. So it's really, I mean, they probably would like it if they could have it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah, that's so, the idea. It's just those four steps. So for anyone that's listening as well, because I think one of the big things that I've seen in people is that when you go, cool, what do you want? That is a very hard question sometimes for people to answer. Because a lot of the times they lean on, it's like, well, what do I need? Like, it's like, oh, I need this. And it's like, no, I didn't ask what you needed. I asked what you wanted. So for yourself, for example, going back to like looping back to what we were talking about at the beginning, when you had your experience with the corporate job, you hit that big high and you're like, oh, this is run of the mill. How did you start to identify what you actually wanted? Not what necessarily what society should say that you should want or that marketing, you know, I would take the blame for that being a marketer that we kind of put on what people, we touch on people's desires, wants, needs and frustrations and fears and things like that. But for yourself, like what were some of the things that you did to identify and go, cool, like how did you find out? Because some people, as we mentioned earlier, like if you've had all of that shit on yourself for the last 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 100 years, whatever it might be, how did you then like put that aside and go, cool, what do I, like how did you start to elicit what you actually wanted? It's a good question. And the path is going to be different for all of us, but I can tell you the things that I did. In my case, it was a couple things. One, I actually mastered the habits. And the more I mastered the habits, the more I loved myself, the more I realized what I want is not what I was told to want or what I was taught to want. I don't need a fancy schmancy Range Rover. I don't care. And there was tremendous liberty in being able to realize I don't give a shit. I could drive an old beater and still be happy because I actually love myself that much. Why did I want a really fancy car before? To impress other people. Why did I want to impress other people? Because I didn't love myself. But once I love myself, I'm good. Like I could drive a beater and be happy. So falling in love with myself and really caring for myself and respecting myself and actually having a good relationship with me has helped me to realize that my wants are not the things that I was pre-programmed to want. It's not the cyclical you know, stuff that I described. It's not the stuff, the fancy wardrobe, the, the glamorous trip, staying in the most bougie hotel room. Like It's not about that for me, right? For someone else, those things might really genuinely make you happy and there's nothing wrong with that. But the other things that I did is I began to make a very big list of the things I didn't want. And Sometimes when you ever look at like a menu, do you have Cheesecake Factory down there? We don't, but probably most of us have watched Big Bang Theory and we've seen the, the Cheesecake Factory okay, somewhere. Well, anyway, the they're kind of widely known to have a menu that resembles something like a novel. They have something like 500 menu items and it's overwhelming. For me, the only way that I can answer the question, what do I want when I look at a menu that big and when you look at life, it's equally limitless. It's Start with what you don't want. So I'll go through the pages. There's an egg chapter. My friends, there's an egg chapter. I like eggs, but damn, that's a lot. So I'll be like, not in the mood for eggs. Meh. Not in the mood for beef. Nope. Don't want salad. And really not in the mood for cheesecake, ironically. This, this page looks good. And I narrow it down. And you know what? I don't want these things on that page, but these two look good. Ooh, I don't like the side that goes with that one. 
that's the one I want. And, and it's really just a good metaphor for like figuring out like all the things in life. Like, you know, do you not want children? Do you not want a family? Do you not want a spouse? Do you not want a lot of traditional trappings of what people describe love and intimacy as? There's a lot of those. Like, start with what you don't want. Start with the stuff you hate. Like, you know, what makes you uncomfortable? You know what I don't want in my life? I don't want to fight with my husband. That's an easy place to start. So what's the opposite of that? Harmony, getting along, having fun with him. So if I'm struggling to define what I do want, a great place to begin is with what I don't want. That's very, very important for everyone listening. So if you're listening to that, I think that's a great place to start, especially because it can be hard. And especially now because there are so many you know, marketing messages that people get exposed to every single day. It's sometimes hard to elicit what your own desires are because it's like, well, I think there was a stat and it was like the marketing message that a normal human being will see today is the same from the beginning of time until like 1960 is that same amount of marketing messages that were created. People are exposed to every single day now, something ridiculous like that. So it is really hard, I think, sometimes for people to go. So I love that little, that little tip there for people to be able to do. And now if anyone that has been listening to this, so we mentioned about mastering those habits as really, you know, one of those first couple of key steps as well, which is really, really important. What else is there or something, is there anything else, like a little simple tip or tactic that someone could just start to do on a daily, daily basis to reaffirm those things? Obviously there's like, as you mentioned, like the whole six, but is there one little thing that you've gone, like, this is something that's super easy. Like even if they haven't got a copy of the book yet, or they're waiting for it to come from Amazon or whatever it might be that they can start to do every single day? Sure. I mean, there's lots of things you could do every day that really make a difference. I mean, one of the easiest ones would be stopping before bed and just stating what you're grateful for in life. Lots of people do that now, and it's a great place to begin. It's by no means the complete journey, but it will make you feel better. And the thing that I love about gratitude is it's it is one of the most instantly satisfying and transformative habits. Like Sometimes people get really hung up when, you know, when it's like kindness and acceptance, that can be a real challenge. But gratitude is accessible. People understand it. We get it. And even if from your limited worldview, if, you know, it seems like only five things are going right, start with the five. Like anybody, even on their darkest day, as long as they push themselves, can start there. So it's, it's tangible. It's widely known. Like you don't need to see the secret sauce to really understand how to begin with gratitude because there's already a baseline level of understanding. It's a fine place to begin. I love that. And now as we get towards the end of our time here together, I always like to ask one question, which is what's a question that I didn't ask you that I should have? That's good. I wasn't, exp- I usually ask people that. I don't get that question. That's interesting. You actually got me. I would say the difference between actually doing what we want with our lives and not is the willingness to have it be uncomfortable and icky. Like it just is. I mean, I wouldn't even know how to like phrase it as a question. Am I on Jeopardy? Like how would I phrase this as a question? You know, I think the thing that's really important for people to understand there's, there's really no prejudice when it comes to this work you like you really can begin no matter where you are rich poor married single skinny fat it doesn't matter you could even be stubborn i was and the thing about all of this is you really can begin where you are it doesn't matter like where you come from i went through hell i'm not going to lie about it i totally went through hell and it's okay 
I still came out on top and I'm stubborn. I still came out on top and I have ADHD and I still came out on top. Like this is stuff for normal human beings. And the only reason why I was successful is because I wanted it. And I was unwilling to stop when it got weird. And there were moments when I was like trying to learn to be kind to myself where it felt weird and I felt like a fraud and I felt like really lame, like really, am I doing this right now? Yes, Laura, you are, because this is what you need. The discomfort is where the growth is. And I feel like a lot of people spend their lives running away from anything uncomfortable. If this were the only moment in your life where you ever chose to run toward discomfort, this would be your moment of liberty. Following the four steps I outlined before, if you can face the discomfort of really knowing yourself, learning something new, accepting a new idea, deciding who you wish to be instead, and doing the icky work of mastering habits that feel very foreign, you will get wherever it is that you want to go. It could be Bali or 20 pounds thinner or married or richer, or it doesn't matter the goal. You will never get there if you don't build a solid foundation within yourself. And unfortunately, the road is paved with discomfort. If you can just swallow that bitter pill, you are unstoppable. That's a, I think, a pretty fitting way to wrap up the podcast there with that statement. That's uh, amazing. Now, for anyone that's been listening, Laura, and they're like, I really want, like, I've got to find out about these habits now. Where's the best place for them to connect with you online? So there's two places. The book is available as an ebook and a paper book on Amazon. If you want the audio book or you want to learn about the 90-day habit mastery program, my TED talk, or working with me one-on-one, or any of the upcoming enterprise products that we're creating for rollout in corporations for the six habits, if you go to the six habits.com, T-H-E-S-I-X habits.com, you can learn about all of it. Shoot me an email, hang out, join my email news list, ask me for advice. I am 100% there for you always, and I can never have too many friends. Absolutely amazing. So guys, wherever you're watching this or listening to this, just check out the show notes and we'll have all the links to Laura's stuff there for you guys to be able to click through. And now if you know anyone that maybe they just need a little bit more inspiration so that they can go out there and get a little bit more happiness in their life, please do share this podcast with them. Make sure you share it around because I think what uh, Laura does is very, very important. And I know that many people in this world could benefit from it as well. And of course, if you really loved it, you could always give us a cheeky subscribe as well. That would make me happy. How I measure my happiness. No, I'm just kidding. Please make sure that you <laughs> just back, just ignore everything that Laura just said. I, just I like external validation. Yeah. <laughs> No, I'm happy. I'm happy just with my current two subscribers, my mum and my dad. I don't need any more than that. I kid. But guys, as I said, please do share this around and check out Laura's stuff and, and get a copy of the book. I know I will be getting a copy as well. And Laura, once again, thank you so much for joining us. Really appreciate you making the time. Truly an honor. Thank you so much. Thank you.